0: You're listening to the January 7th, 2015 edition of The Close Up, the Film Society of Lincoln Center's weekly podcast series. This is Brian Brooks, managing editor of FilmLink Daily. And this is Eugene Hernandez, deputy director of the Film Society of Lincoln Center. In this edition of The Close Up, we're featuring Jennifer Aniston and Anna Kendrick discussing their new film, Cake. Jennifer Aniston and Anna Kendrick are getting a lot of attention for their new film, Cake, which is in theaters now after debuting at the Toronto International Film Festival back in September. The film, directed by Daniel Barnes, screened recently at the Film Society in partnership with The Hollywood Reporter. In the movie, Aniston and Kendrick are women battling persistent pain. Aniston's Claire is an acerbic lawyer who becomes fascinated by the suicide of a woman from a support group. As she uncovers the details of the suicide, she's also coming to terms with her own personal demons, the loss of her son, and her own chronic pain. We're in the thick of awards season, and Jennifer Aniston's performance hasn't gone unnoticed. She is currently nominated for a Screen Actors Guild Award for Best Actress, and she'll be attending this weekend's Golden Globes, where she is nominated for Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama. Our conversation with Aniston and Kendrick was moderated by Annette Insdorf. She's a Columbia University film professor and moderator of the Real Pieces series at Manhattan's 92nd Street Y. During the discussion, the two talked with Annette about their work together on screen in Cake. Let's listen in.
1: You flew down those stairs. Well, those I'm in the low heels. heel tonight. I'm I'm suspiciously overdressed. I, I did come from something. No, I don't, so we're you know, all, yes.
2: We are suspiciously overdressed. Since I am no longer able to wear those heels, which I did wear in my youth, I am jealous. Um, but don't be. More, <laughs> more seriously, I want to congratulate both of you, and especially you, Jennifer Aniston, for such a beautifully understated, powerful, and de performance. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna start off with a few questions about the actual making of this film. Um, I mean, first of all, what drew you to a film like this, whether it was more the script by Patrick Tobin, mm-hmm. or the challenge to finally play a really serious, dramatic, sustained role?
3: I, it was ev- everything and about all that you said and more. I mean, Patrick's script, it was, so beautiful and this character was so beautifully layered and complex and um, for any actress I mean I think it was it was just like a a charmed piece of material if you could get your hands on it so it just ticked all those boxes from the physicality the emotional experience um, and I hadn't been I hadn't been able to do that in a long long time really if ever so I was I was just really ready and excited and and dying to just scare the crap out of myself.
2: (laughs) Did you ever hesitate about either the external challenge of the deglamorization or the internal challenge of exploring such grief?
3: Well, I wasn't wasn't afraid of any of it. I really felt, um, I knew it was gonna be a lot of hard work, um, but I knew there was an incredible support team around me. Um, our director, who's incredible, our writer Patrick Tobin, and a cast that's kind of rocks our world. And so I was really—I um, just—I welcomed it. I was excited about it. I mean, I didn't know how on earth I was going to really understand. I mean, it's an unthinkable trauma to have to to walk through and understand how that would how that would be to be fighting through living through something that you, you feel like you should not have lived through. Um, and then just living in that body as a constant reminder daily to, to what happened. Yeah.
2: And Franck Hendrick, I mean, y- your career has been remarkable because I don't know if all of you know this, but you started out on stage at the age of 12 years old and mu- uh, earning a Tony nomination actually for musical uh, with, with um, High Society. <laughs> I mean, i I, I learned these things I a all the time. My uh, God. <laughs> I, I, I remember first seeing you in camp, Todd Graff's film, um, and more recently starring in films like um, Pitch Perfect and Fifty Fifty 50 and End of Watch. Into the Woods, where do you see that? Well, I, I'm going to get to that right. in just a second because <laughs> I have seen Into the Woods. I'm one of the very lucky people. Boy, can she sing. Um, I am curious, what attracted you to the part of Nina?
1: Um, to me, it was... Uh, it was completely about the script in many ways. Uh, it, I loved that it didn't underestimate its audience, it uh, it didn't hand you information, and I feel like that's one of the great weaknesses of most scripts that I read is, um, is that within the first 10 minutes, it would have to explain, well, Claire was in an accident and her child died and these are her relationships. And and to discover them organically is so much more exciting um, and so much smarter and keeps you so much more engaged. And I was really excited about the idea of this character who um, it's kind of unclear. Is she supernatural? Is she just a manifestation of Claire's mind? Um, you know, that uh, I found really exciting and Uh, And then you know, I was so excited to see what Jen was going to do with this part because I was such a fan of her and friends with money, and what she can do dramatically is so impressive. And I, I I honestly felt more excited about the idea of her doing it than than anybody else that I could think of because um, when I would say I was doing a movie with Jennifer um, and that you know tell them sort of what it was about. There, it, people were surprised and that made me really excited. Um, so, you know, so many elements made me really excited to do this. And Daniel and I, the director, talked about, well, what is it? Is Nina supernatural or is she, you know, we sort of landed in a place where it's really just she is a reflection of Claire's self-hatred. And to mirror this performance was an amazing gift um, so I'm just so happy to, um, to have just been able to watch Jen work and, and to be a reflection of what was going on inside of her.
2: The lacerating lucidity of your character. I mean, Claire comes out right away. You know who this is, mm-hmm. given your first line, but also the way that you sit in your chair, the way you can't quite move, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Um, so talk a little about your preparation in terms of that physicality.
3: Yeah. Well, there was um, there was a lot of homework done. Uh, uh, speaking with a lot of people who, unfortunately, have experienced chronic pain, living in that. Speaking to a lot of doctors and psychopharmacologists, understanding medicine, the meds and. How that would affect the body and the brain, and mixing meds with booze, and I mean she was having quite a party o- over there, um, and then also just the physical was was un- understanding understanding what the accident was, what was broken, um, and then working from there physically, and just knowing. I mean we've all had a stiff neck. We know how that <laughs> we know how that one plays out, and just just to honestly imagine that physical pain, which is a constant reminder of the emotional trauma that she lived through. Um, it was just a daily, daily rehearsals of, of, or just for even myself, of just moving a lot slower, breath relabored, and um, and just constant, just mining of, of the character. And a dear friend of mine, and actually Daniel Barnes, our mutual friend, uh, who happens to be an? She's an incredible stunt woman and lost her, almost lost her leg in a, um, a, a boat accident where the propeller of the boat shredded her leg, and she was I think hanging on by a tendon. And many, many, many surgeries later, her career possibly disappearing and um, becoming addicted to, the meds, and uh, actually just with her own will, forced herself to not be a victim, to pick herself up, and to to get better, and I think sometimes there is the choice to either surrender into the victimhood, which is sometimes easy, and and just, just not, and just give up, or there's the decision to fight, pick yourself up, and go go on, and 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 heal yourself, and that's what Stacy did, and so she was our stunt coordinator on this film. She caught you jumping out of a window or two, <laughs> and you know, um, so there's there's been a one a bunch of wonderful people offering up. Um, a lot of their painful stories to, for us to tell this story, which I think, and the other thing that I really find so interesting is, is how many people are coming out who have chronic pain and identifying with that. And I live with chronic pain, I, and my, that's my stepmother, that's my sister-in-law, or I have shrapnel down the entire right side of my body, and you know, and people, oh, it's almost as if they're suffering quietly and not not wanting to... You know whether it's the, the 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 embarrassment or the weakness, but it or the the questioning is if uh, is is it real? Um, it's quite interesting. I
2: don't know where I just rambled off on. That. No, 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 not at all. Thanks, yeah. Thanks babe. And <laughs> and for you, was there any particular source that you felt you needed to? talk to, read from, in order to better understand the kind of character that Nina was?
1: Um, Well, that was something, I mean, Daniel and I, we did have a a sort of game plan for Nina. Um, Were we to go down the path of playing who she was in life and, you know, if she is a sort of supernatural incarnation of of that person and, uh, you know, I had this, uh, a friend, um, well, actually a friend's child um who experienced chronic pain after going through a surgery that then was telling her brain that her nerves were st- she was basically still in surgery like you know oh. but it was um, you know so yes as Jen says like this is it comes in surprising ways but when we I think once we got on set it just became clear that really the more interesting path was I mean Jen had created this whole world of, And her psychology was, in so many ways, as you say, understated, but in so many ways, it was so easy to read because it's just sort of, you know, emanating off of her. And that's why she can be so understated, because she put in the work and, you know, she was so committed to, you know, every beat. Um, And to just... Ugh, be a reflection of, th- of you know, that kind of inner turmoil was, m- was actually more interesting than playing who Nina was in life. So it was one of those things that I felt like I discovered every day. And, um, and I just sort of did it watching, watching Jen.
2: And what made you trust the director? This is Daniel Barnes. Um, I heard, for example, that he created a mood book for the character of Claire. I mean, With The whole movie. For cake, yeah, and and what was that like?
3: It was gorgeous. I wish we could show it to you to the audience because it's quite extraordinary. And I have to say, in that first meeting, that was pretty much. I really saw his. You, you saw that book, right? The mood book. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Well, I'll <laughs> show it you. I got a copy back. Uh, it was a beautiful, you know, basically telling of the story through visuals, visuals, and more and than a storyboard. Oh yeah, no, it was it was beautiful. The the, the lighting the these images that were haunting, that these cracked, you know, these, these cracked images and broken, you know, these beautiful sort of aerial shots of Los Angeles with these crazy freeways and just like the, the brokenness of the symb- 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 symbolism of, her, of how broken she is and, and the this, this story and the, the story. It was just so poetic and musical.
2: Had either of you seen his previous film, Won't Back Down? Um, this was uh, two years ago, a film that starred Maggie, Gyllenhaal, and Viola Davis as mothers whose children should be protected by the public school system, but they're in fact ostracized by that system. Um, it, it had some controversy because it was not exactly a pro-union film, um, but it showed that he could work particularly well with female actors. Yeah. Was and that th- something? Th- absolutely. Oh, he is an extraordinary, I <laughs> mean, human being,
3: um, collaborator. Loves girls, loves women. He did *Phoebe in Wonderland* too with Patty Clarkson, which I then uh, Elle Fanning, which is also quite extraordinary. And, and Felicity Huffman, one. who's in and the F- first Huss- And Felicity Huffman, um, and uh, he's a he's a wonderful collaborator, very gentle, very mm-hmm. inclusive, and really just is all about the the process. You know, I mean, he had a a workshop for all the department heads before we started sh- filming. You know, with the the wardrobe, the pr- production designer, the the cinematographer, the all of the sound department, and they sort of spent three days together, just all in in. I mean, they didn't sleep over each other's houses, but <laughs> they would meet every day for three days, and they would ju- ju- just talk and dream the movie, and so that everyone was on the same page, which I thought was such a wonderful yeah. thing. No, to yeah, do. I know
1: uh, directors who which is fine you know everybody's different but I know directors who specifically feel that they want to you know keep their intentions to themselves it's sort of mm-hmm. well you know the extra should be looking this way this day the light should look this way this day you know and they don't want to kind of tell people why and that's fine but it's not how Daniel works and it's sort of no. it's sort of lovely to be included it's
3: very lovely
2: and this if I understand correctly is a comparatively low budget independent film certainly for you compared to some of the films from which we best know you recently and in terms of Cinderella your character in Into the Woods I'm guessing that the entire budget of Cake was a fraction of the Cake budget on Into the Woods I mean and I'm curious you know is the experience is the experience of making this kind of low budget independent film for you as an actor, radically different, whether it's indie or big budget. And, of course, I should remind people that um, Anna Kendrick has also been in big budget films like The Twilight Saga. and that For two weeks at a time. <laughs> okay, but you were there. And, I was. Uh, <laughs> and You know, I think for Jennifer Aniston, you know, Horrible Bosses 2 comes out more or less at you know, the same time as Cakes. So I'm just curious whether it's different for you as a performer.
3: I don't. I mean, I think we approach our work the same by by doing as honest and truth true of a job to what character it is, and if it means it's I'm playing a a sexually addicted deviant dentist, then I will play that (laughs) with all of my heart, and or or, you know someone else who's in a different kind of support group. Um, But yeah, I mean, I love independent film because it's so there's just so much. Uh, creative freedom you know that doesn't necessarily exist a lot less waiting around Mm -hmm. everybody's working as a team it's sort of like this wonderful theater troupe that's just getting there you know climbing into vans and stuffing themselves in these little homes and we find for three dollars and calling in favors of our wonderful fairy godmothers and fathers for you know to what they give up their creative ability for two cents and and i especially have to say Scott Stoddard who's an extraordinary special effects makeup artist who does like Lord of the Rings and you know hobbits and all of that stuff he he will he just bu- gave made our scar made her scars for 0 cents not wouldn't take a penny and we just had a lot of those little angels and and uh stuff that m- a movie of this size really needed you know you couldn't cut a corner on especially something like that you know so love it I love it big support yeah I it. think
1: the momentum of it is exciting I think as you say there's a lot less waiting around and I, I think that there's value in the feeling that there has to be hustle and I on big budget you have the room for perfectionism which yeah. is wonderful but I don't mind the feeling that like we have to get the shot and how do we figure you know how yeah. do we spit a square peg in a round hole yeah. and we got to just figure it out we have to do it and that's really exciting I think in a lot of ways it forces people to do their best work yeah
3: because sometimes it's like sorry that's all we got time for you're done wrap and then lights are just flopping to the floor and you're like whoa I don't think but you know it's it's actually quite wonderful it really is and also there's a creative freedom of the the filmmaker they're not they're not answering to some powerful studio head that's sort of you know a lot of different you know voices chefs and the cooks in the kitchen or whatever
2: and, and I'm guessing that it was probably good preparation for a leading part in Cake to have done independent films such as Nicole Holofcener's Friends with Money playing the depressed housekeeper or, um, for that matter, oh, I Thought You Were Remarkable in The Good Girl, Miguel Arteta's film. And those are examples of, I think, you know, for, for someone who had made such a popular impression in Friends as Rachel, to then do those films you know, marked you as a great... Actor for film, as opposed to merely, you know, a celebrity for for big budget things. Mm. Did you feel that those were directly somehow inspirational in terms of helping you craft this performance?
3: Crack that club. Um, I, I'm just so grateful for those jobs because I was able to, yeah, get, get let out of the sort of you're on a TV show club. Um, and I've always loved the smaller movies, which you do get to have more fun creatively and be different and and not have someone worry that well I don't know if anyone's people are going to know who you are or uh, or anything like that I I, I've always had this you know there's I mean all all we have thousands of crazy characters in our heads just banging to get out of the closet (laughs) it's just whether or not we're given you know the the opportunity to do it and sometimes we are and sometimes you just have to sort of bang your drum a little louder and and take greater bigger risks and I find that so fun
2: and I think you're lucky to have worked with not only excellent directors but I remember in The Good Girl your cashier character has a relationship with the much younger Jake Gyllenhaal who in, in th- uh, the film End of Watch which I think is such a strong movie by David Ayer you play um, the girlfriend of, of Jake Gyllenhaal who by the way like Jennifer we've Aniston, basically
1: had sex
2: yeah. cool. we kind of have um, <laughs> but it's from it's also a reminder that, you know, with Jake Gyllenhaal's performance in Nightcrawler these days, you and he, you know, are obviously getting attention for smaller films as opposed to the usual larger budget assumptions.
3: Mm, which means so much, I have to say. It's, it's such a treat. It really is. It's, it's quite special.
2: Before we take questions from the audience, I have one more because I feel we have to acknowledge another story Powerful, sublime performer in this film, and that's Adriana Barraza, you know, playing Silvana. And, you know, I remember her from Babel, uh, Inaritu's film for which she received a Best Supporting Actress nomination. And I was, you know, delighted to learn that. She also has her own, like, acting, acting school student. in Miami. Yeah. You know, she's a professional coach. So fabulous. And she's, like, this great character in her own right, but she's also, I think, the audience surrogate. Because mm. she's the one who defends and cares for Claire, you know, sort of helping us to do so at moments As where well. we're not sure.
3: Yeah. And I think that's – and I love – it is such a beautiful love story between the two of them. Because you do – kind of see that this beautiful angel woman is, is sticking around and taking care of this crotchety old, you know, pain in the butt. There's got to be a reason, you know. There, and so it keeps you forgiving, I think, of the character and of this, and interested in, in the story. And um, she's just so lovely. And I just have to tell a funny story about Adriana because about three days before she started working, we, they were trying to organize a car, we need to get a car for Adriana, and then they said, oh, okay, great, we'll get a car for Adriana, and she goes, yeah, no, she, she, we need a driver, because Adriana doesn't drive. She does not know how to drive, and about 70% of this film, she's driving a car, and so all of a sudden, that was sort of a little monkey we into the whole thing of like, okay, so process trail, the rigs, all that sort of stuff. But I just thought that was really funny when we were. I mean, we weren't really laughing at the time. We were sort of like, how are we going to do this? But anyway, and she's just, just super, supreme, superb. I I like
2: she rounded out this she did. Uh, female experience. And, you know, rich white women are one thing, but when you have this character anchoring some of the emotional tension of the film, it's, it's magnificent. And also, you know, she's defending and caring uh, for Claire. But boy, do we identify when she lashes out at Claire coming upon her on the train track. Yeah. And I think that's a, a wonderful moment that is cathartic for us as well. Um, obviously, we will take a few questions from the group. Yes? Hi. Hi, Hi. I just wanted to say you both did an amazing performance. Um, Thank you. And I was really curious as to um, maybe how you both understood Claire's transformation and in, in the face of having lost everything and she's laying down on those tracks. What? What made her hold on and all of a sudden decide, you know what, I wanna live?
3: Well, I think she, I think the beauty of the, the of Anna, of, of of mine and Anna's character is that it, it does be, start off as this obsession and this resentment of her having the courage to commit suicide and how can this goody two-shoes do it when I'm a strong woman and I don't wanna be here, I shouldn't be here, and they have this sort of like clashing and then i think she ultimately becomes her guide to towards living and and a help to towards making the decision to 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 live and i think the the train tracks is just such a beautiful scene because she is saying okay you got the here it is it's now or never and and it's that moment of deciding i'm gonna i'm gonna live and i was a good mother and um, I think it's with her help, the beauty of Nina's character that allows her, guides her slowly to that, to that decision.
2: That's
1: beautifully put. i you know, if, if I'm playing, you know, a part of Claire, you know, that is telling her mm-hmm. that she's not good. You know, I think there's a point where you have to be the other side of the coin and say. Well, let's, let's think about this, yeah. I guess. And, I mean, uh, when you see the back of my head and it's on Jennifer, I mean, I, I was, like, just weeping the whole time through my uh, coverage. So I was very glad that I had a half an hour before <laughs> they turned around on me. Oh, that's pretty cold, too. Well, that, too. I do cry when I'm cold. <laughs> it's known. It's a known it's thing. Oh, sweetheart. Thank you.
3: Um, I was just wondering, for both of you guys, um, just performing a joke – as either like in something more broad like Pitch Perfect or Friends versus something like a dark comedy, whether it's Jason Reitman or this film tonight. Like, I guess, do you, uh, are you like conscious of it? Of like, oops, did that take a little to, uh, you know what I mean? Just, I was just curious um, how you like, Get rid of like being self-conscious about that, I guess. About which? About make landing a joke, or or? Yeah, because like I don't think we th- play yeah. things for the joke. I think it's the re- reality. It's just if you're being honest and truthful with with the with the character and with the scene and with the dialogue, that should hopefully take care of itself. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, um, but I, I think it's a tough one.
1: Yeah, it's. The, I mean, that's hard because I would say that for the most part, it's you know. For like, if you're talking about you know up in the air, then it's well. Natalie didn't know she was funny. Um, she t- took herself really seriously, and that's why it was funny. I think in this, yeah. I think in this, Claire kind of thinks she's kind of a smartass. So there are a couple times where she's like, kind of proud of herself for some yeah. of the you know nasty things that she's saying.
3: And I also but, think the the humor in this which I think Patrick wove in so perfectly and beautifully because there, you really needed to breathe and have a moment of levity. And he, he really did do that so beautifully. And the humor wasn't about like a bop-bop in comedy. It was really sort of the shadow of the f- woman that she was. You know, This is a woman that was a strong woman who was the a, a defense attorney for the people and, and she had a wit to her. And and uh, she was a giver, and so you still see threads of that p- woman that, yeah. that was. She's just she's just done. She's just given up. She can't give anymore. I guess on the flip side, then, like in something that's meant to be jokey, like how to be real and honest in that situation, maybe you could. I think you just can't same. think about the b- making it funny. I think you yeah. just have to. I don't. It's that's that's, that's oh. a tough one. Yeah. We're not good at that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good question. I will think about that. <laughs> as long as watch that m- movie.
2: Scare. <laughs> 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 um, uh, what? Just it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Is there a hand or not? Yeah, if not, I have a question because I know that Jennifer Aniston, you've also directed. Mm-hmm. It, first, you did a short um, back in 2006, Room 10.
3: Yes, and six? Uh, Seven.
2: In 2007, rather, yeah. sorry. And then uh, a few years later, this compilation film that was done for Lifetime, yes. Project 5, All I think five. was called, and you did a short with um, Patricia Clarkson. Yes. And I was wondering, are you hoping to direct some more, not Abs- just shorts? Oh, no, that's a bug that gets you once
3: you do it. And we're just waiting for the proper window of time and the proper piece of material and there have there has been um a beautiful project that was about to happen that ended up falling apart for other all sorts of reasons, but I really did enjoy that. I mean and Patty Clarkson and the first one was Robin Wright and Chris Christophis. and I really lucked out with some special beautiful actors. So sure. it's 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 really it's fun to get your hands in all parts of of what it is that we do. You're
2: credited here as executive producer, and I know you've also produced not just the segments with Project Five, but... um, Wait, what was the title? Call Me Crazy. Call Me Crazy. Where you didn't direct, but actresses such as Ashley Judd were directing. Mm -hmm. Um, Does the producing aspect also call to you with the same amount of attention as, as directing and oh, I Oh,
3: I love... Yeah, absolutely. That's It's it's part of being, you know, being a part of that collective that is all fighting for a common cause to make a great film and, you know, going out and figuring out how you're going to make this happen or calling in that favor or there's, there's so much and, you know, maybe it's being a control freak, I don't know, but just lo- wanting to have... Be part of a seed, and then see it turn into something wonderful is is exciting, and and you know it's 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 fun to, to 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 explore other other areas of our industry other than than being an actor for hire. It's it's quite fulfilling.
2: Has the idea of directing ever attracted you?
1: You are out of your mind! <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh my god! No,
2: no,
1: it's just I mean yeah. I, I think it's um it's it demands so so much of you and you know. Uh, the day that a story makes me go, yeah, I want to give up, you know, at least two years of my life to tell this story, knowing that it could all be for nothing, it could turn out to be a piece of crap. Then I will I will do that. And well, I now you I, just scared the shit out of me. Well, you know, <laughs> two years and then it could be crap.
2: Could be crap, Jen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Think it through.
3: <laughs> if you do a short, it's not that
2: much time. Okay, great. But on the other hand, you have. Oh, there's a question up there. I'm sorry, because I cannot see the dark spots oh, back yeah, there. Yeah,
3: sorry, I'm in the dark spot. Um, I think, Jennifer, you had mentioned uh, Can't that. See you, I'm so sorry. If sorry, I'm like, hi. I'm sort of in your direction. I'm like, okay, that here. Helps you Hello. Say, okay. um, you, you had mentioned that every actor sort of has this box of characters in their head that's like waiting to get unleashed. Yes. And I was just wondering Not that we're crazy or anything. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> um, and I was wondering if either of you had given any thought to, I guess, just entirely as a hypothetical, if there were uh, a way to unleash a certain character that was sort of the ideal. What what would that character be? Is there one that you've thought about that you haven't really gotten a chance to play and probably won't get a chance to play, but that like would really, really excite you? Probably won't for get Both a chance. of you. Um. <laughs> Why should we ever doubt that we can't do anything? No. I don't know. I mean, there's all sorts of... I mean, I think what we really want to do is just be, be work with great people, tell great stories of extremely wonderful, complicated human beings, the human experience. Yeah. I really do want to be a superhero, too. <laughs> I really do. I've said it, but I've, I mean,
1: wouldn't that be fun? I know, I know. But I was watching something this morning because I think, you know, on a, any given day, I might go, oh, who knows? I don't know. But just this morning, yeah. I was think I was watching something, and I thought... Well, that's interesting. I've seen a, I've seen like two men play a character like this, and I, you know I don't want to s- say specifically, but, um, and I and I thought when a woman plays this kind of character, sort of it's sort of like an agent of chaos, and there's like a little bit, there's something off, but there's sort of. Uh, puppeteers in a way it's either the like scarlett johansson in the marvel movies, kind of just kicking ass yeah. in every way and she's like slick and sexy as hell yeah. or they're like batshit crazy crazy hair and i just thought there's got to be something sort of in between where they're like a reasonable person right. who doesn't who doesn't have like a master plan yeah. or anything right. but i yeah like i mean yeah that's an just Annie like Hall. how i woke up this morning thinking about you know stuff like that and And I probably wouldn't ever even think about it again if it weren't for right now, and you know, uh, until maybe I had the chance to infuse somebody with some of that. So yeah, it's like, it's sort of a revolving door of who's it gonna be today. Yeah,
3: it's very true.
2: But also, you know, if you think back to some of the parts that you've played, when I remember 50-50 with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, what was wonderful about the way you played that character is how officious your young therapist tried to be, but how vulnerable we felt that she was. And similarly, I think in Cake, what works so well is that we keep seeing that cracked surface, but slowly but surely, for me the turning point is actually the scene in Mexico where you you know, secretly pay for the meal with Silvana so that her, Spanish, uh, her Mexican yes. friends will assume that she did. Yes. And suddenly I went I am. I am now understanding another side, another layer right. of this character, and, and you nailed them both. Thank we are going to have to leave two things. Just we thank the Hollywood Reporter for co-sponsoring tonight, and we ask that you—they've asked that you remain in your seats as we say goodbye to our wonderful guests, um, giving them a chance to leave first, and then we can all follow suit, <laughs> like the Queen, so, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much to Anna Kendrick and Jennifer Thank Aniston. you so much.
3: Really appreciate it. Thank you. The Close-Up from the Film Society of Lincoln Center is produced by Brian Brooks, Nick Kemp, and Michael Oatmark. Our opening music is by Steelism. You can subscribe to The Close-Up on iTunes and Stitcher. The Film Society of Lincoln Center is a nonprofit arts organization based in New York City, supported by individuals just like you.